Welcome to Co-op Mode. This is the official video game podcast of Secret Friends Unite. This is round 25. I'm Todd Oxter, your host, joined by Mark Carabin, soon to be, well, in a gaming drought due to a certain little one coming to visit you this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the the countdown is on for uh, for May. We're already looking, uh, we were looking at like what movies we'll be able to see in theaters and what we'll have to wait for it to be released. I think we'll just squeeze in Black Widow, but I don't think we're going to make Wonder Woman. So uh, the big summer releases are, are definitely, uh, I, I guess it's a, yeah, it, it's going to be, it's going to be tricky. But, uh, you know, I think my Switch is going to be my best friend, uh, being able to take it on the go and, and, you know, it's it's a little bit more portable and easy to to do while you're getting other stuff done. And I think games that are very quick to pick up and put down will also be good. So uh, I'll probably be getting back into Rocket League and, and that kind of stuff that I can pick up and play very quickly. And if you yeah. haven't noticed, uh, I have a bit of a cold. So uh, we'll see how I get through this uh, this podcast as well. But it's, uh, it's amazing yeah. how uh, when you have the holidays and you're around a bunch of people, especially if there's kids around who probably oh, yeah. who probably sneeze in the soup and and touch everything, yeah. lick lick everything, then touch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, yeah they're, no, they're, I had a ne- nephew sneeze in my face. It was uh, oh, perfect, fantastic. So sure, he's caring. But uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's great to start another exciting year off with uh, the secret fans, secret friends family. So I'm excited to uh, to get into this. Yeah, this is the first podcast of 2020 for us. Uh, as we said, this is, you know, number 25. So, uh, but mm-hmm. we've actually been doing this almost a year. So it's kind of crazy how time goes by, but we do this every other week. So it's uh, 2020. It has been a drought of news. So we are not doing news this week. We're actually going to carve up the podcast in three pieces. We're going to start off with our top 10 anticipated games of 2020 that have at least said they're coming this year. Not necessarily a solid release date. Then we're going to do predictions uh, for each of the console holders and third party. And then we're going to finish up with our games of the 2010s. Not the decade, folks. The decade officially (laughs) begins in 2021. So there you go. Are you one of those people? No, I'm not. But enough people have done it that I'm like, you know what? I'll be the dissenter and say whatever. But it's the games of the 2010s. And nobody's come up with a clever name for the 2010s yet. Is it the 20-teens? Yeah, I guess uh, something like that. Yeah, whatever works. Anyway, the last 10 years, we'll look back at some of the games and go in there. Perfect. So what are you looking forward to playing? In 2020, man, oh man, I mean, obviously, uh, my pile of shame is still beckoning to me because uh, I didn't play, like, I think both of us did not get to play a lot over the holidays, so the games that we were wanting to play are still there waiting for us. But 2020, when I looked at what's coming out, uh, I think there's been some uh, lists out there, the top 50 or whatever, and a lot of games are starting to come in January. I think uh, that that, uh, FE game on uh, Switch is coming. Okay, yep. What it's called, Fee Fates. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Bobby Pauls loves that game for some, some reason because yeah. he loved every game that came on Switch or on, on Wii U. But um, okay. yeah, so I'll, I'll just start with the bottom, uh, kind of how I rank these. Um, sure. Number 10 for me, Final Fantasy VII Remake. And mm-hmm. the only reason it's there is because I have played Final Fantasy VII. It's like the only JRPG I ever beat. But the visuals and the updated gameplay and the way they're going to make this game really feel different. And this is only part one. 
We yeah. don't know how many parts there are of this thing, and they said this is yeah. going to be at least a twenty to forty hour game. So I'm 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 just mm-hmm. really excited about it. But I don't know if I'll play it. But I'm I'm really excited to see how this performs and how it does. So, um, but maybe GameFly will send yeah. it to me. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a daunting task saying you know get into this and it, this chunk is going to be 20 to 40 hours and who knows how many chunks there are going to be this this could be an epic saga so uh yeah we'll, we'll see that one uh, my number 10 is gods and monsters uh looking forward Ooh. to hopefully getting into that one it was delayed but uh hopefully we still will see it in 2020 and they won't uh, kind of delay it further than that but uh, i'm looking forward to a new franchise and yeah uh, i'm excited I about like that, that, uh, that aesthetic yeah, and spoilers, that's my number uh, number seven for me, too. So I'm also okay. excited about that game as well. Okay. Um, Ubisoft has not really brought a new franchise in quite some time, and especially that looks like this. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very unique. So I'm, I'm, I was sad when it was delayed, which means I'm looking forward to playing it. So that's always a good sign uh, for my excitement level. And that's a game you can probably play in front of the baby eventually because yeah. it's cartoonish even if you're beheading monsters there's probably just it's it's cute when you do it <laughs> yeah for sure for sure what's loren uh, approved <laughs> yeah what's number nine for you marvel's avengers coming may 15th um okay. i hate the visual style of this game but the gameplay looks fantastic yeah yeah they've definitely made some weird creative choices that's number seven for me um so we'll we'll see how it how it ends up, and I hope they have different skins so you can kind of make it look how you want to, rather than the strange hair physic looking designs that they came up with. I, I get wanting to make the universe your own, but uh, some of the choices are are strange. Yeah, it's like a weird, uh, almost cartoonification of the MCU characters mm-hmm. in a way. It's weird. Um, it it kind of reminds me of the, remember the uh, Capcom uh, last uh, Marvel versus Capcom game? Uh, some of those Marvel characters yeah. did not look right either. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, number nine for me, Bayonetta 3. I the, the only game that I've played over the holidays, and I've only played a couple of hours, is Astral Chain. And uh, I'm hooked. I love it so far. It is awesome. I played, like I said, probably two, three hours of it, and I'm just getting into the start of it. Uh, but Bayonetta 3 looks great. Love the other two in the franchise. Uh, can't wait for this one. And, and it's telling, I think, the quality of games that I'm excited about this year, that this is so low on that list. Wow. Um, are they bringing back that like weird Danny DeVito character? Is all I want to know. <laughs> we will see. We will see. Absolutely. Uh, my number eight, Ghost of Tsushima, has a summer release date. Not specifically, not specific when, but um, I'm excited to see what uh, Insomniac can do because really this is only their really third IP they've developed. Um, this is going to be, once again, that Sony classic third-party story narrative gameplay, but with sword combat. I'm really excited to see where they go. Um, if it's going to be more difficult, like a, a Souls type game, or if it's going to be a little bit more, f- I, I guess, freewheeling, a little more forgiving, more arcadey. But uh, this game is going to be really, it's going to be essentially the swan song of the PS4. Mm. Um, and one one other thing, uh, Bayonetta 3, I don't know if they've even said it's officially to be released this year. So I do have a couple on my list that are. I'm hoping 
believe, in 2020. So Bayonetta 3 is going to be one of those. Uh, but number eight is definitely going to be released this year, uh, which is Ori 2. Ori and the uh, Will of the Wisps. Uh, comes out pretty soon. I think it just got pushed back a month. So March, I think we'll see this game. But uh, very much looking forward to it. The first game was fantastic. Uh, very emotional right from the get-go. And uh, just a beautifully, beautifully done uh, Metroidvania. But uh, brought some new stuff to the uh, that standard of games. But uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with the sequel. That was my number 11. Oh, just awesome. missed the list. Okay. Just yep. missed. Just list. missed it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, already mentioned my number seven, Gods and Monsters. Nothing else to and say there. I but mentioned I'm excited uh, for Avengers, that. Avengers, yeah, for seven. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to our sixes. Number six, Breath of the Wild two. I really don't know if this is coming. I mean, it's a pipe dream. Um, yep. I, I'm hoping it could because essentially the. All of the things are in place for the foundation. The only thing they have to do is add in potentially new character models, um, new environments, and obviously all of the the, the world pieces. Um, but they aren't recreating the wheel like they did when they originally created this game and all the, the physics and everything. It's all there. So um, uh, I'm hopeful, though, that if it does come this year... It is not just more of the same. I'm hoping it's mm-hmm. going to lean into more classic elements of Zelda, dungeons, and I hope they even go further with voice acting. Because yeah. guess what? People were pretty pleased, except for maybe the quality of the voice talent to a certain extent. But if they got a better voice director, spent a little more money on voice talent, I think people would love it. Yep. Uh, that's my number five. So um, I... I completely agree with everything you just said and uh, we'll only add that i think it's a good uh, a fairly good likelihood that we'll get it this year specifically to combat ps5 and super xbox yeah uh i really you know i think nintendo needs to bring something this fall uh, whether that's a Nintendo Switch Pro, which has been rumored forever. Uh, but I think game-wise, if you're fighting things like Halo Infinite and anything else that the new consoles are bringing up, uh, what are you going to do? You're going to bring Breath of the Wild to one of the most critically acclaimed and loved games of the past 10 years, and we'll get to that later. But uh, I think that's a great thing to bring for the fall, and I think they should be all hands on deck trying to make that happen. Without rushing it too much. So uh, that is my number five. My number six, Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, can't wait for that one. Looks good. But uh, so, yeah, they're, they're my f- my five and six. So what do you have in uh, in number five? Number five, Halo Infinite. Uh, nice. I mean, unless something goes completely wrong, this is coming this fall. Uh, yeah. This is the first time, and this is, uh, you know, uh, Studio 343. Uh, this is their third Halo game. Surprise, surprise. It's, it's amazing yeah. that they've actually done three of these. Um, mm-hmm. And they're going to have their, uh, I guess they're going to have their work cut out for them because uh, this is the first time they've had to launch on not just one system, three systems. Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and whatever else, mm-hmm. variations of that, and PC. And this is going on Game Pass as well. So they this potentially right. will be the biggest audience a Halo uh, has ever launched on. Because yeah. there is an audience of potentially 45 million uh, Xbox Ones. And now mm-hmm. that uh, the Master Chief Collection is on PC, think of how many PC players are now finally playing that. So the, the 
the appetite for this game is going to be voracious. Uh, I think it's a new engine as well. So we're going to see mm-hmm. Halo do things it never has been. And I think 343 really needs, we know they can do the multiplayer, but this is where they've had three times to create a compelling story. And this is when they have to nail it. They have to make people feel like they can really uh, take the mantle from Bungie and just deliver it because I don't think they get away with another subpar story because at that point it's like, then you know what, guys? Just do multiplayer and Halo, have somebody else do the campaign and and take it off their hands. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, That's my number four. So uh, I I agree. Yeah, that's going to be a massive launch. And I think it's, it's a great game to kick off this next generation of consoles as long as they can deliver on everything you just said so um what else do you have on your list because we're up to four on mine now re3 uh this game's coming out april 3rd and everything that i loved about it re2 uh looks like it's just going to carry over to re3 re3 though i would say is a less loved game i never played it but i remember the nemesis character and he looks a lot i mean he's kind of going to be like that mr x guy so yeah playing with the success of mr x in two nemesis i i just i i really don't know what else to say but i'm i'm stoked for this game but it's coming out at such a tight time of big games coming out that i don't know what's going to get missed for me and get uh right you know missed so that is uh my number four right i i think with the success of uh re2 that this game might not be missed but other things could be so it'll be interesting to see and your number four did you say that was uh number four for me was halo infinite yeah okay great uh so we're overlapping so i will go to number three and uh, that is half-life alex Mark. Okay. March. That's March 2020. They haven't specifically said the specific date. And the reason why I'm excited about that, Mark, because I had messaged you and told you that I am going to be the proud owner of an Oculus Quest system starting next week. Uh, so this awesome. is be- this is because my son said, "Dad, that's what I want." And I said, "Well, it's a little too late because Christmas already happened and his birthday already happened." So I said, "This is the deal. I will go halvesies with you." If you can get the money and guess what? He already made his goal. All right. And this thing has been sold out. I mean, apparently he had yeah. a successful holiday. I luckily found it at Best Buy. I got the 128 gigabyte version uh, versus the 64. So it was a hundred dollars extra, but my son was fine with that. And this one will come with uh, Vader, Vader Immortal. I think that's what it called. Yeah. Vader Immortal. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so I get just in time because that ends uh, January 30th. But I'm so excited for it. And all the games on uh, VR from this system, when I looked at the space size, they're all small, all under a gig. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty, uh, pretty small. I don't know if you'd need the extra space, but it's nice to have it just in case. You never know what's going to come in the future, and it's uh, very exciting. I, I, I'm a little jealous. I can't wait to have uh, a mini me old enough to be like, hey, let's go splitsies on a VR set or something. That's uh, that's pretty cool. Well, Mark, just an open invitation. If you and the family ever want to come to the Mall of America, hang out here, see Minnehaha Falls, you are welcome, and then we'll play some uh, Oculus Quest VR. Or I've been told, we have been both been invited to uh, do a video game marathon out in New York next year. Don't ah. know if your wife will let you go or not. <laughs> we will but see. That, what November but that looks might like. make the that might make the trip with me. Who knows? But yeah, so I'm excited for this. This is Half Life, a, a real Half Life game actually happening. Mm-hmm. I never thought this was happening. I love the first two Half Life, so this is one of the other reasons why it's in my top three. 
Awesome. Awesome. Uh, my number three is Doom Eternal. Loved Ooh. Doom 2016. I thought it was a great way to relaunch that franchise and uh, and go against everything that we had done with shooters for the past several years before that uh, with, with cover shooters and regenerating health and all this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, Doom was... Yeah, other shooters where you're stuck in a room with with 50 demons and this one was the demons are stuck in a room with you and i loved that so uh doom eternal if they can continue with that it's going to be fun that's my number 13 uh and i loved the first one it was fantastic it was a game that i stopped playing and then went back to where will you be playing it at most likely xbox one x but i did double dip with doom and I got it on my Switch as well. So we will see, especially given what my gaming abilities will be at the uh, the point of release. I might start it on Xbox One X and uh, and I have enough, and then take that graphical hit to uh, to play it on the Switch. So we'll see, we'll see. But I, I really, for that game, I want silky smooth performance, 4K. I want everything the top that I can get it. Uh, so I, I will settle for switch, but my, my first choice is definitely the X. Awesome. Yeah. I'm excited for that game too. The grappling hook is the big, I think change of mechanics and that's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Yes. Number two, last of us part two, May 20th. I am down for this game. Last of us is probably my, uh, we'll talk about games of the 2010s but it was the original was way up there for me uh by far um but uh this i i don't know if anybody really needed a sequel to this game but if they thought there was a reason because they could make any game they wanted and they had a real reason Mm -hmm. to this this studio is the one i would expect them to make a, a sequel because they wanted to not because they had to Right. Uh, this one is probably my number uh, for 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 this year, and it's specifically because of the kind of year that I think I'm going to have and uh, when this is released. But I, I do have a comment on this later on, but it didn't make this list. Uh, my number two, again, because of the year, and I think I'm going to be uh, focusing on Switch a lot this year, uh, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. Oh, yeah. I am looking forward to that. I saw the little mini trailer they released about a week ago or something. Uh, never would have expected this game to be on my top 10, especially not near the top. But again, it's the Lego games are so colorful and cute and fun and easy to play at little bits of a time that I think this is the kind of game I'm going to need this year, uh, given everything else that's going to be happening. So I'll be able to pick at this and, and find little hidden Easter eggs and unlock all the characters and do all that kind of fun stuff. I do enjoy the Lego games normally, but I think this year is going to be one where I'm going to need a really great Lego game. And and hopefully this delivers. And that's all new. It's not just a remaster of the old games. All new is is amazing. Every single, all nine films, everything. And I I don't even know. It might even include uh, some rogue one and solo. So it could be uh, more, but I, I 11 films. Yeah. So, um, and and hopefully they'll do kind of what they've they've done in the past with like Lego and or, or Marvel and DC and include some DLC from other things. So I'm hoping for some Mandalorian DLC, maybe some Clone Wars, some um, Rebels, uh, all all that fun stuff. I will I will be all in on this game. So uh, yeah, hopefully it delivers. 
that's going to be Charlie's uh, game of the decade right now. I think, <laughs> yeah. um, and if it comes with a baby Yoda minifig, like with the collector's edition, Mark, I'm all in. Oh, it will be the best-selling video game of 2020. <laughs> we don't have a release date yet. How come? Uh, yeah, I was surprised with that. I've been trying to. When I saw the new trailer, I was like looking it up, and it's it's uh, it's not a solid release date. I, I I really don't know. I really don't know. Maybe they're just trying to finish it up, and they were hoping to get it done closer to the movie or something. But they, who knows? I'm I'm hoping it it still hits the 2020 release date, but uh, we'll we'll see. Yes. So. My number one is a game you already mentioned, Cyberpunk. Uh, the reason why this is number one versus Last of Us 2. Last of Us 2, I know what that game will deliver. Uh, Witcher 3 is a game that if I had included um, not just new games for Game of the Year last year, it would have been my Game right. of the Year. Um, yeah. But this team going changing you know, perspective from first, a third person to first person putting it in a world that I've never seen before all mm-hmm. of the all of the abilities to do different things in different ways and it's beautiful and the fact that you know I, I just don't even know where I'm gonna play this game quite honestly I can play it on PS4 pro or I can play it on PC I'm gonna figure out what will give me the better experience I'm probably leaning toward PC but right. we shall see but this I, I don't know I, I've not played in a world like this before and it has me greatly excited yeah yeah for sure it would have been higher on my list again but uh i i based mine on the type of year i think i'm going to have and the type of games i think i'm going to be able to get into and really put time into and sadly that fact moved this down my list a little uh my number one again the kind of games i think i'm going to be able to play animal crossing ah perfect uh the trailer just dropped this week a new trailer about the uh, the desert island from Tom Nook and uh, my wife is a huge fan of this series and uh, I can't wait to play that with her and and be able to share that and and go to each other's islands and visit our houses and and you know uh, have that kind of shared experience as well so that for me is uh, is always a fun experience but we've never had it on a home console before it's always been on little handheld screens and we both have our, our own switches uh, specifically for this game because it was supposed to come out last year and uh, i'm i'm really really looking forward to it and i think it's again going to be one of those games that i can pop into for five minutes if i have a chance uh, and and hopefully i'll be able to put a little bit more time into as well but uh animal crossing for me number one um and this is the game that uh bobby pauls will be buying for me um, oh yeah i believe is what he said if that's the only way he'll get me to shut up about animal crossing and bashing it is if he buys right. it for me so we'll see how that goes right. yeah because if not <laughs> i will be having very many uh, yeah. uh, uh animal crossing jokes about furry behavior in 2020 you know what if uh if bobby's not fully into getting that for you i'll at least go splits on it with him <laughs> so we will get you that game and we will get you hooked i cannot wait to visit your your uh, your town so there's the greatest, uh, it'll be the greatest good fund me of 2020 right there. <laughs> can't wait. Can't wait. Oh, uh, well, that's some good. Some good top 10 announced game lists. Yeah, I mean, it's and it's like I said, it feels Great. like too much because those are the games that have release dates are all basically until June. Mm-hmm. And then E3 hits and then, hey, here's games that all the games that are coming, you know, starting in September through the end of the year. And it's like too many games. 
Yep. Yep. For sure. Especially yeah. for me. Yeah. Uh, we haven't even talked about, you know, new games on new consoles, which we only have a few that are actually confirmed. So yeah. We'll, yeah. And, and I tried not to get into those other than uh, I think Halo Infinite really. Yeah. And I think we'll know more about what's happening I think even this month, Mark, I think we're going to have Sony's apparently going to be at e- uh, at CES. Hmm. So they may decide to take the stage there and kind of be have their the world at their stage. They're going to have a lot of journalists. It's going to be electronics. It could make a lot of sense. Yep. Yeah, that definitely makes a lot of sense. And also this month, uh, I I'm predicting by the next time we record we will have a Nintendo direct on the the horizon if it's not already finished by then, because they promised. And if you visit the website, it still says that we will know all of the fighters, all of the fighters for uh super smash brothers. Ultimate will be released by February, 2020. So they've wow. got a month, they've got a month to, to both announce and release this character. So, uh, so something's going to happen really, really soon. So uh, we'll have that. We'll have Sony, CES, uh, lots to look forward to this year. Yeah, it's going to be exciting just to see because this is kind of uncharted territory because if we're following the, 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 I guess, the pacing that Sony, when they did PS4 was, they had a February announcement. And that's where they unveiled mm-hmm. a lot about the box. Xbox has already jumped uh, in front of everybody with revealing yeah. what the box looks like. So uh, we have got a year of exciting information coming. I cannot wait. I love new console years. It's so exciting. Me too. So what are some of your predictions? We've talked well, about some all... of the things we kind of know. So what, uh, what, what else are you predicting for the year? Mark, these really aren't predictions. These are just facts waiting to happen. Right, right, yes. of course. Yes. Uh, yes. Where are we starting? Switch? We'll start with Switch, yeah. Yeah, okay. so I think this goes right into the Smash element that you mentioned and i'm saying that wonderful 101 special edition gets announced they're going Ooh. to add beautiful joe as a character because essentially beautiful joe looks just like oh, one of the the, the wonderful 101 characters and shinagogo baby and he is going to be announced as the last smash character oh todd you just got me so excited for this and if it doesn't happen you're breaking my heart because that that whole and that whole that that sentence paragraph whatever you just said it was was everything was just better than the last thing you said that was uh, <laughs> i like it i like it uh mine for switch splatoon 3 is announced but they're going free to play with cosmetic microtransactions very similar to fortnite you can skin your weapons you can uh get new outfits for your your octoling or your inkling and I think uh, I think we hear about that probably E3 this year. That's a fantastic prediction. I mean, that's a game where the barrier of entry of $60 and mm-hmm. the fact that that goes out to everybody and we've seen how successful, even if you did like a season pass model, you know, it's free yep. to play. And then you just like Fortnite, they would make so much more money. They would get more, so much more hype for this game because everybody can play. And that's ultimately what Nintendo is all about. Everybody playing their games. So, yeah. And I, I wouldn't be surprised to see DLC, let's say $20, $30 story mode. If you want to play the continuation of the story, but the base multiplayer game is is free to play yeah fortnite even did the same thing they had their uh was yeah, it save, save the, the world mode yeah. yeah yeah and you could buy that if you wanted to but that's why my son yep. bought fortnite actually and then he got into the actual uh multiplayer element of it yeah yeah absolutely 
I think that's a, a winning combination for sure. Wow. We are off to a fantastic start. Everybody, we are awesome. You heard it from us. <laughs> it must be true. Uh, let's see. Where are we going next, Mark? Uh, Xbox. Sure. What do you think uh, Microsoft's going to bring? You're going to love this one. Uh, Fable is finally really announced. We've heard rumblings about this game coming from, was it Playground? Uh, the uh, Horizon Studio? Mm. Yep. Um, and I'm saying this time, though, we're going to get a new Fable game. Uh, it's going to have a co-op uh, element to it, but it's going to be a co-op companion pet. And it can be controlled by your friends. But if you have no mm. friends, it's going to be controlled by strangers, if you want, randoms. Or, if you don't want randoms, AI. Uh, sorry, I was coughing. Uh, very cool. I like that. I like it that reminds, uh, neat little twist you put on there. That's that's cool. It reminds me of that mission which where I talked about where Roach, uh, you were hallucinating and Roach was talking to you and <laughs> you're basically controlling Roach. Um, it would be it just would be funny if that was your horse and your friend was controlling your horse and you could let the the your friend drive essentially as you could do <laughs> combat yourself. How much fun would that be? It would be so much fun. That could lead to some incredible memeable moments. I am sure. Uh, that would be like the Twitch mixer game of the year for sure. Just watching people like, you know, Twitch play Pokemon uh, with this of like, who's going to control my horse today? Let's let's see what randos uh, drop in. So that that could be very amusing. Oh, I love it. Um, I love my predictions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the most modest is, man in gaming. <laughs> mine is, is very much more tame for, for Xbox. Uh, I think the xCloud open beta including iOS open to the public, every carrier, every whatever, just open beta drops live at E3. I love that. I love that because with iOS and now that so many other um, TVs are supporting um, the Apple, what is the, what's the technology where basically you can um, cast your screen uh, from your Uh, phone or your device airplay. My, my TV supports airplay, which is fantastic. So I could put that, um, uh, if it supports it, obviously, if if if, mm-hmm. if Xbox says, yeah, we'll support that. So I could potentially play my games if I didn't own an Xbox on the big screen through my iPad. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah that. Yeah, I, I think the uh, the possibilities are are we're only scratching the surface of them right now, I think. Uh, so I think they'd be smart to to do again and, and call it open beta. I don't think launching xCloud at E3 is is a high likelihood because they're seeing what Google Stadia is stumbling with. So I I think keeping it in that beta that testing program uh even even if it they think it's ready to go I think still saying yeah it's a beta it's a beta right now um I think is is just a safe bet for Microsoft. Absolutely and they could just extend that beta to everyone. And essentially then drop the beta years later and just even say, finally, it's official. And nobody would even notice and everybody would be happy with the service. And because they would say, well, it was a beta. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, I think uh, I think that's a fair safe bet. Makes sense. And, you know, getting that ready um, before, you know, before Series X, Super Xbox, whatever you want to call it now, um, 
it just makes sense to do that before it launched. And it was smart that they have handled it that way leading up to that launch. So it's not something brand new dropped on everybody when a new console is dropping. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, getting it out of the gate long before, or at least a, a few months before uh, the big fall releases uh, is, is another, again, safe bet that I think they're just, they want to keep rolling this out and getting people used to it and getting people into that Xbox ecosystem. You get xCloud, Game Pass, Game Pass Ultimate, you, you get people in there and they want the uh, Series X. Okay, we get to the last console holder with Sony. My prediction is PS Now gets rebranded, while PS Now and PS Plus gets rebranded as a Mm. singular service called PS All Play. Includes PS Plus, PS Now, also includes VR games. And it's also going to include all first-party games at launch. It's going to be $100 a year or $11.99 a month. Undercutting xbox um ultimate game pass wow all right swinging big that's what i do mark that's what i, I do i like it i like it uh mine takes a, a bit of a different approach but i think the last of us 2 is going to showcase ps4 backwards compatibility with mm. the ps5 uh and i don't think for that reason that we will get a definitive edition re-release or repackaged version. I think they'll say the last of us two, if you put it into a PS five, there are free make PS five assets, just like we see for the Xbox one X right now with some games, you can download high res textures or it performs better, uh, like enhanced for X games do on the Xbox one X. Um, but I think in essence, It's going to be the PS4 game, not a PS5 game, and they're going to use Last of Us 2 to showcase that, but there are going to be other games that take advantage of it. I love that. Uh, That was one thought I was having about last gen. We just really got the uh, remasters and everything. Everybody double dipped, and I don't know, like to your point, I don't know if they'll be able to do that anymore, especially with Xbox saying everything's backwards compatible, Um, and, and obviously they can give their games extended life by having those patches and those things that makes their games look even better. Um, Cause essentially game sales fall off after the first six months anyways. So why not have people when they buy a new system say, Oh, I'll buy that game when it's maybe $30 on a new system. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think uh, Xbox, I don't know if they have to sell it as much as, as Sony does because people are used to those free makes now on Xbox of, huh? This 360 game, this Xbox, original Xbox game, is getting a a free master of sorts uh, when it gets uh, backwards compatibility. They've done that this generation. So I think for them, it's going to be a bit of a cliff note going into the Series X of, yeah, of course we do this. We've been doing this already. Sony needs something big to push that with their audience. And I think The Last of Us 2 is going to be that game that they focus on. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And those for those who are physical buyers, there is always going to be an opportunity to basically repackage, uh, put a you yeah. know, fresh fresh uh, cover on that game and say uh, best on PS5 uh, right. if you own a system or something like that, or best on uh, Xbox Series X. So there yeah. we go. So we wrap up with third party. This one's a little bit more of a, a, 
a potpourri because we don't know what third party will typically bring because um, they're planning, you know, their their base games, but also having to plan for the the future. But I'm going to go into EA. EA, I think, is slowly and quietly having a renaissance. It was just announced that uh, the head of Respawn Studios is actually getting to head Dice LA. I don't know if you saw that, Mark. Yeah, I, I did. That's uh, exciting news. Yeah, so I think. Uh, EA is finally turning their ship and realizing we're going to go all in on respawn. We're going to realize that we have made so many sins and we need to correct them and we're going to get work on the the goodwill. And one of those things that they can bring more goodwill on is with star Wars, because that has been a, you know, they're starting to feel like, Hey, with, with uh, the latest star Wars game, it's, it's, it's finally delivering what they, I think they had promised. And how else can they do that Mark by not having another three year gap or a four year gap? By having EA announce Bioware is remastering KOTOR. Ooh, wow. Okay. Bioware we, Bioware needs a win. That studio yep. is one miss one more miss away from basically being shuttered, which I don't yep. want to happen, but they need to deliver something because quite honestly, I don't know if anyone's been happy with anything they've done really since Mass Effect 2. Yeah, or Dragon Age uh, Inquisition. So they need to win. I think this is the way they can do it. People have been asking for this game, and yes, you can still play this game, but it does not look like a modern game any longer. Right, and we know they are working on the next um, Dragon Age. Uh, mm-hmm. The what's that one called? Something with a wolf in it, maybe. I can't remember. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that's a that's a good call. I would love to see that, and I think it's been long enough that that game could definitely use a remaster and and a. Uh, a little bit of love the, to to entice more people to play it. Right now, you can get it backwards compatibility on Xbox, I think. Uh, but it, I, I don't know how many people go back and want to play those old games like that. So I, I think that uh, that's a really good call. Um, mine is very simple. Just a couple of words and a couple of letters. <laughs> GTA 5 on Switch. Bam. That's it. Bam. That's it. Uh, so GTA 5 just hit. I, I wrote this prediction down before GTA 5 hit Game Pass. So if you've missed that news, GTA 5 is on Game Pass right now. And uh, I think if they're giving it away for free, essentially on Game Pass, the next step is GTA 5 hitting Switch just so they can continue to make money off of that juggernaut of a game that has not stopped selling since it was released. So uh, where do you go to make more money off of it? You go to the Switch. I think it's a no-brainer. Quick quick question on that. Does it include Mm -hmm. online, or is it just the campaign? I'd love to say it includes online, but my feeling is it might be just the campaign. Uh, It would be amazing to include online. I think that would be... uh, personally think it would be a bit of a misstep if it didn't include online but it wouldn't surprise me if it was just the campaign i'll put it that way i think gta 5 i mean considering it didn't launch with online i think Mm -hmm. it could do fine on switch without the online because i think most people would realize it would be probably very rough if it ever did show up yeah yeah Yeah, exactly i love that that is uh, my third party prediction right there yes short and sweet yeah, so that's a little bit of the future. Now we're going to look back on the 2010s. We just wrapped up 2019. Um, we are now in the 2020s. But uh, man, Mark, when you were 20, when you were in 2010, where yep. were you in life? 
I had just met and started dating my wife. And, um, yeah, that's about it. I was uh, getting getting a little bit more mature, I suppose, and wanting to kind of meet uh, someone more special and, and kind of focus on that. And uh, I was I was working for a university, still traveling across the country, so it was kind of tough to to start that. So I also started looking for new jobs and that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, that's that's kind of where I was at that point, 2020. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was a fun and exciting time of of just uh, kind of we started dating in November. So at this point in 2010, we uh, yeah we're still pretty fresh and new, but uh, but diving right in. Nice. What about you? Yeah, I was, uh, I, you know, it's funny. Uh, I'm, I'm older than you, obviously, but I would, you know, would have been 34 years old. My son would have been four years old. So getting used to still being a dad, I mean, it takes a long time to get through that. But yeah, I mean, life was pretty much, it hasn't changed much after that's weird. It's like you get into a, a steady state once you get married and you get a job mm-hmm. and those things because um uh, i have had the same job for 14 years now so it's kind of crazy so it's not like i've had a right. ton of changes in that front and my son have didn't have more children or anything like that and my okay. wife has been pretty consistent with her career too so um but i wasn't you know podcasting any podcasting or anything like that a lot of this mm-hmm. life that i have now is probably since 2014 but yeah 2010 was yeah. pretty much where i'm at today yeah cool very yeah, cool yeah. yeah so what uh what have you been playing in those so, past 10 years oh boy that's a hard one mark because i i was going in to build this list so we're looking back basically at the uh top 10 games personally and we're building a top 10 list of the critically acclaimed games which we felt like really changed the marketplace in gaming itself so i went through 2010 every year and kind of came up with a list and some were better than others. Um, I mean, I I don't know if we're going to give a highlight of 2010, but one of the games I would say in my top 10 was in 2010. And do you want to start there or do you want to just go through a top 10 list from the, from the let's, bottom. let's just go okay. through not not year specific because mine sure. are all over the place. Uh, so let's let's just start with your number 10 game, no matter what year it came out in. Sure, sure, sure. So my top 10 game, number 10, is Journey. Came out in mm. 2013 on PlayStation 3. I don't know if Journey has come out anywhere on any other consoles or, or PC at this point, but mm. that game was very short. It was probably like three to four hours long, and it was one of the first games that really resonated with me in a different way with a gameplay that wasn't necessarily about killing anything, beating anything. It was just taking a journey and sharing it with people I didn't even know who they were. So Journey is one of those games that just definitely resonated with me um, and left a mark. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, My number 10 also came from 2013. So interesting that we're both starting there, but very different game. Uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag. For me, I've always been a fan of that group, but Black Flag stood out with one that I uh, loved the the setting. I love the pirate theme. I love the uh, the hero, the protagonist uh, with Edward, and uh, thought it was it was great. And I've I've since bought that game. Oh mercy, I'm gonna <laughs> say I own that game on probably four different platforms. Wow. Yeah, I remember that yeah. was that was the was that 
game first on um, next gen, like uh, PS4, Xbox One? Yeah, it, it simultaneously launched uh, between PS3, 360, uh, PS4, Xbox uh, One, and uh, Wii U, I think it came out around the same time. Wow. Yeah, I tried it. It wasn't for me, but I know for many people that is like their 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 really favorite of the uh, I guess I would say the original Assassin's Creed games. Yeah. And then they misstepped for years until uh, Odyssey came out and they kind of got back and then Origins, but uh, or Origins and then Odyssey. Sorry. Um, but yeah, so this was like the, you know, three say what you will about it. I, I enjoyed three, but I thought four was much better. Um but it was kind of a, depending on who you ask, a misstep with three and then a, a return to form with four. Um, because Edward and Ezio were both the very, very charming kind of characters in different ways, though. Um, and then, yeah, missteps with, with Unity and, and uh, was it Syndicate and whatever else is. Yeah, so uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag for me, though, sticks out for sure. Wow. Yeah, I remember some of those bugs from, uh, <laughs> what was it? Uh, uh, from Unity. Yes. Oh, those weird the, faces. The eyeballs in the mouth and no face. So just, yeah, yeah, that was that was something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, excellent pick. My number 10, South Park, The Stick of Truth, uh, came out in 2014. Um, I am not one that plays a lot of turn-based games, and this game is what brought me back to that genre. And it was with one of the best comedic games. It was uh, JRPG turn-based mechanics, uh, great story, great humor, and just it just it was only twenty hours long too. I think that was the big yeah. part. I, I I think that was something I would wish more RPGs would do. Um, don't draw out the length. Make it uh, mm-hmm. really compact and compelling. And and I loved it. And it just was a uh, a really uh, you know you don't get many great. Um, I guess what you would say is games with licenses. You don't typically see those as being best of the genre, but I would say this one is definitely uh, put gaming on its ear in a certain way where uh, a license could be deliver a great experience. I like it. I like it. Great addition. Uh, my number nine is uh, Mario Galaxy 2, 2010. Uh, so I did say there was one game from 2010 on my list. Um but I, I will slight spoiler alert. I skipped 2011 and 2012. Oh wow! Uh, so we've got 2013 with number 10, Black Flag. But uh, 2010, um, yeah, Mario Galaxy 2. I thought took the Galaxy formula, improved on every aspect, um, and just was was such a fantastically fun game. Showcased what the Wii could do uh, in a time when people were definitely starting to move on to the HD consoles. Uh, the Wii was losing a bit of its luster with most gamers, I think, by the time uh, Galaxy 2 came out. Um, you know, Waggle was over and done with. Motion controls were were whatever. But uh, Galaxy 2 kind of stood out for me as a Nintendo fan, especially, just uh, to be like, no, 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 this is something we can be proud of. Um, you know, we don't need another whatever we sports knock off or just dance, uh, whatever. Um, this, this was a gamer's game, right? But, uh, it was still accessible. So galaxy two holds a very special place. And I love that soundtrack. Holy crap. The rare, uh, Nintendo sequel to a Mario game, uh, same gen and essentially didn't change anything, but just gave you more of what you yeah. loved and refined and made it better. Exactly. Exactly. What's next for you? Oh. 
So this is a uh, change in my gameplay because number eight, I brought in Destiny in 2014. Me too. Oh, same Z's. Jinx. That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think I put 250 hours into Destiny. That is not normal for me, Mark. I am not a multiplayer uh, game player. I uh, shun it to the most part. Um, I'm awkward socially when uh, with gaming, so that's why I don't play with most people because I always <laughs> feel like, what am I going to talk about? I feel weird if we're not talking. Are, are you getting bored with me? Am I not being funny? Oh my god! Oh, I'm getting I'm getting distracted and I don't play very well. But this game really opened the door for me making new friends online yeah. in the weirdest way. Uh, Ray Azorio. This is I met Ray Azorio. Through this game, we played a, the uh, Destiny Alpha on PlayStation 4, and we became good friends to this day. And I met more and more people, and it was fun. My first raiding, I've never raided before, Mark. I didn't raid with this game. I, I pleaded people through like a matchmaking service. I forgot, looking for a game or something like that. Right. Found yep. people from from people from overseas to game with me on my birthday because I'm like, I want to raid for my birthday. And I did. And to this day, one of the nicest people in the world, Scottish dude, I played Norwegians, and we beat the first, I forget what raid it was. I loved it. And that, that's something I would awesome. have never done before. Um, it's an imperfect game. It had a lot of problems, but it kept me coming back. And I would love to go back to Destiny again. I've kind of fallen behind after Destiny 2. Um, but... Um, I think it's one of those games that it was just a hallmark of what changed this generation uh, with PS4 and Xbox One. Yeah, that's the game that got me into this generation. I bought the Destiny White Edition PS4. That is what, like sold me on this uh, generation. The The shooting mechanics were incredibly tight. Um, everything was just smooth and felt right. Uh, it was yeah, like you said, really brought us into the this generation of gaming because, you know, it was this cool shared world that something that, you know, console gamers, we hadn't really experienced much like that in the past. So it was, it was a really, really cool game. And like you said, the the rating and and this and that and whatever else, the fire teams, it was it was such a great game. So that was that was my number eight as well. Oh, oh, my goodness. It's amazing. You look back and you're like, well, what did I do this gen? It's like this gen has brought about a lot of really advancements versus just prettier games, which is what we yeah. normally just get. Yeah. 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 For so, sure. so number seven, uh, The Last of Us, uh, mm. that came out in 2013. It's kind of crazy. That's that's further down than I thought it would be for me. But mm -hmm. um, it was a compelling game, told a great story, and it was really Naughty Dog telling the world we are one of the best developers of all time. Um, it was brutal, touching, and and the fact that even Naughty Dog developed really, I mean, delivered on multiplayer at the same time, which is just crazy. Mm -hmm. I mean, they did all this plus multiplayer. It's crazy. And yeah. this is still, I mean, this is, it, it is still probably some of people's favorite games of all time. It's definitely in my top 10, though. And I loved it. Nice. nice. Uh, I'm going very different. With, uh, with my number seven and might be a controversial choice. And I should have maybe run this by you uh, to make sure that we didn't have to pick uh, console slash PC games because my number seven is Pokemon Go. Oh, I have that on a different list, but we'll go okay. into that elsewhere. But yes, right. that makes total sense, Mark. Yeah, because uh, it was, uh, you know, one of the first games to successfully on a massive scale mix 
the real world with this digital augmented reality, uh, whether you played with AR on or off or whatever, uh, for battery purposes especially. But uh, it was such a phenomenon. It got people out of their houses and collaborating with each other and walking around in in you know cities and towns uh, across the world, really. And uh, yeah, it was it was such a phenomenon. And they continue to add to that game. Um, it's, it's incredible. So number seven, Pokemon go 2016. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think that's, uh, shouldn't be included because gaming is more than just consoles these days and PC. It's, it's whatever's on your phone that you can play. Apple obviously bringing, um, their gaming service to the table. It, it represents a change that happened in 20, you know, in 2019. And I, mm. I love it. Yeah, my, my number 11 was also uh, a phone game, Alto's Adventure. Uh, mm. Fantastic game. If you haven't played that yet, if you own an iOS device, it's on everything. iOS, uh, iPad, phone, Apple TV, and it is a fantastic game. Very Journey-esque where you're not defeating anything. You're kind of snowboarding, snowboarding down mountains and doing different little tricks and, uh, and little missions that they give you. But uh, very, very calming game. But that that was my number 11, so uh, sadly didn't make this list. Yeah, uh, for my number six was The Walking Dead in 2012. Mm. This is Telltale's game, not one of the other crappier versions. Um, right. This game uh, redefined uh, adventure games. And almost replaced like the click the point and click adventures that I loved back in mm-hmm. the day, like King's Quest and games like that. Um, and it made you fall in love with these characters, and your decisions mattered, and people remembered them, and they could come back and haunt you. And I love that type of storytelling. And that's when I tell people why games matter as a storytelling, yeah. uh, uh, I guess, platform is because you are part of what's happening versus being a passive observer. So that's where. Um, Clementine um, became just someone you rooted for, and you could, uh, as a parent, I could definitely, if that was my son trying to live on her own in the zombie apocalypse, it just just makes me feel like, oh, my heart just wrenches as you get older, Mark, especially when you have kids. Oh my God, everything when it involves children or parents, oh, um, just you're, I, I become a blubbering mass of uh, tears. <laughs> But, but uh, yeah, that yeah. game was yeah, and that sadly that Telltale's no longer with us. Um, but they are they are trying to emerge from the ashes, the phoenix of that uh, company. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we'll see uh, still see that style of game. You know, whether it's not a whether or not it's a continuation of of franchises that they started, or uh, or some new company picks that up and and continues with that style. I think, like you said, the point and click adventure game from days gone uh is is something that we we still need and we still need those narrative driven story games so uh so hopefully those don't go away in the next 10 years uh my number six is shovel knight 2014 i could not believe that game came out so long ago they just finished uh the, the bundle you know this this uh what like this past month or so uh i played that on vita mark i played that on vita (laughs) oh me too me too it's another game where i owned it everywhere yeah uh own it on my switch now and uh it is a fantastic game kickstarter uh darling 
if you will, and just a, a testament to what a studio can do with with fan service and with a solid game, solid gameplay mechanics across every one of them. Shovel Knight uh, and the continuations on from there. They all play different, but they all feel like they fit in the same universe. Um, kind of helped rekindle the retro style with with uh new modern technology advantage advantages uh in a lot of ways and there's be a, a lot of copycats but no one better than shovel knight so awesome game uh it's got its own amiibo plush toys it's it's a phenomenon i mean it's it is it's uh it's fantastic and and uh i struggled between this one and my number five and we'll get to that in a second but shovel knight's number six for me that was my number 13 uh, yeah, I just went, I was at Best Buy and I just saw the three pack of Amiibos that were just released for this. And it was a Kickstarter darling and, and Shovel Knight has been in other, uh, games as well. So, and he's even, I think he's even in ukulele. Yes. Yes. He is. Yeah. Yeah. So kudos. We need more and I can't wait to see what they do. I know they've got another Shovel Knight coming, but I want to see them doing something else. I definitely yep. do. Yep. Shovel Knight dig coming this year, I believe. Yes. Yes. Uh, my number five, Arkham City. It came out in 2011. I know Arkham Asylum is considered some by the most, but they took that 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 simple Metroidvania con, con you know concept and they said let's go and make it open world, and they did, mm-hmm. and they nailed it. And I love this game uh, so much. Uh, it was beautiful. Um, the the I would say almost like the melodic fighting system where it feels like a rhythm game, just. It, it just felt like it went to another level uh, with this, mm-hmm. and it just it just totally delivered. Probably my number twelve, and it was sad that I didn't make it on this list because those games were uh, were fantastic. Uh, my number five, and again, I, I struggled with the the positioning of this and Shovel Knight, but my number five is Celeste. So if Shovel Knight brought back the eight bit uh, Celeste, I thought brought that. Uh, 16-bit Super Meat Boy, uh, instantly die and instantly come back um, kind of stuff, but uh, wrapped it in an amazing and important story, and uh, I thought just was was one of my favorite games of 2018, and uh, and again weird that it's it's down. I'll, I'll say so low, but I mean these are some amazing games. But number five, I think, was a, a good position for me for this, but it could have easily been in my top three depending oh, yeah. on on my mood right it's uh a lot of these are going to be interchangeable depending on how i'm feeling at the time and i'm looking at the list right now and i'm like oh, I, want, I want this anyway uh, if you haven't played celeste go play it it's fantastic yeah that was uh really pioneered accessibility where you could play the game with almost everything turned on so you didn't have to worry about dying so yeah. I, I i love the fact that they added that in because they want just people to play this game rather than be stuck because of the uh gameplay mm-hmm. yeah for sure Wow, my number four, Skyrim, another 2011 Ooh. game. Wow, my game is my list feels very heavy to the early part of the 2010s versus the later part of the 2010s, but oh well. Um, Skyrim is the first Elder Scrolls game I really got into. I was scared to play this game because I wasn't sure what to expect. Um, mm-hmm. Played it on Xbox 360, and I just was so addicted to play this game every day. And the main storyline. It, it's it's fine it's the yep. side quests and where you get lost and just the yeah. encounters where you're seeing hey there's a mage but fighting a bear let's go check that out <laughs> into the emerging game i love play. it 
Yeah, it was crazy. And then you could just really change up your gameplay style. Oh, I want to be a mage with tool, dual fisted, you know, uh, mage attacks, or I want to have, uh, you know, a huge or maybe a one handed a- um, axe, and I want to have uh, fire throwing and, and using spells and the, and the curses and the DLC and um, so many awesome uh, side quests. That you just never knew what you're going to find. I remember the one game, the one side quest where you got drunk. You woke up and then you had to trace back to see what you did and why you were, you know, without clothes. And it just nailed that so much and made me uh, want to continue on with that game. So I think yeah. I put about a hundred hours in that game. That was for me at the time. That was the longest time I'd ever played a game. One game like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, didn't make my personal list, but I'll talk about it later. Uh, but fantastic game, fantastic game. And I've, uh, another game that I've owned, uh, and played at least on 360 and switch, but, uh, yeah, put a ton of time on 360 and another good chunk of time on the, uh, the switch re-release. So fantastic game, uh, would have been close to like in that top 15 for me. Uh, what are we on? Number four for me is uh, Mario Kart eight originally released in 2014. This, this is the pinnacle of, of Mario Kart. If you like that series, there's there's nothing better than this one. Uh, solid online, solid multiplayer. Almost brought back battle mode to the N64 heydays. Not quite, but they're, they're getting there. <coughs> and uh, the Switch re-release is, is even better, in, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, if you're, if you're talking about time put into a game... In the past 10 years, uh, Mario Kart 8 in my house, uh, way up there, way up there. So that's uh, that's my number four. Awesome. Uh, number three, like number four, uh, has a lot of similarities, and that's Witcher 3. came out in 2015. Mm-hmm. And then, Mike, Mark, I was telling you that I can't believe this game came out in 2015, and I finally, finally beat it in 2019. Um, this game, once again, uh, although I would say versus Skyrim, the main quest in Witcher is phenomenal. Once you start mm. getting towards the pass of the end of this game, the way it converges, the choices you made, and the outcome just really shook me. I'm like, I wish I would have known. I had regrets. Yeah. And it made me, it, it really hurt my soul when I was going through this. But there were elements of this ending where it kind of felt like a movie. I was like, I mm. was rushing to just complete the task and and change the outcome and and but the side quest being so compelling and uh, but also being goofy at times and just odd and um the dlc which you know they gave you so much dlc for free but the all extra basically the the hearts of stone and um uh the other um trying to remember the other uh dlc Blood and wine, yes, were fantastic. I mean, twenty-hour experiences upon themselves. I don't know what else yeah, there to say, but it, and, and look what it's done. Now we have a Netflix series that is get just blowing up, and it's probably the best video games have ever been on the screen. So yeah, yeah, uh, toss a coin to your Witcher. That's right. That's yep. right. Yeah, Mark I just started that, that series. 20, last oh, night. you did? Oh, you did? Yep. I was worried. I'm like, oh, Mark, you won't be able to watch this until 2022. No, I started it last night. I got through two or three episodes. Okay. And probably uh, where we'll I continue been. on. Yes. 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 Yep. I will continue on for sure. I'll probably be finished uh, by the next time we record, to be yes. honest. I'm I'm instantly hooked. It's great. Perfect. Um, yeah. My number three is uh, Splatoon. 
didn't think Nintendo can make an online shooting game. Uh, would never have expected this. I honestly shit on this game when it was first announced. And for me to go from what the hell is this to making a podcast about this, the Ink Strike podcast uh, that that lived for a little while while uh, while Splatoon was uh, was very very popular, um, and I sunk a ton of time into this one and the sequel. But I'm I'm putting Splatoon one on this list, not two, uh, just because it was so surprising, so fresh, and uh, so new. And uh, yeah, that's my number three, 2015. Great pick. Yeah, Nintendo, I would say, uh, I think they finally figured it out that, hey, make new IP and people will come. Uh, and that's fantastic because it's really, I felt like the best thing that ever happened on Wii U. Yeah. Yeah. What's, uh, we're into the, the final two. What's, uh, what's your number two game? Yeah, this, this takes me to uh, the beginning of the generation which was well or of the 2010s which is mass effect 2 2010 mass effect is why i got an xbox 360 um i owned the original on pc and i had some issues with it on pc so i said you know what Uh, i've got a friend he's going to loan me that game on xbox 360 i got xbox 360 because i won my final final uh my fantasy football league so the money I had, I bought an Xbox Arcade Edition, <laughs> the cheapo edition. Um, nice. Which is funny, as I ended 2019, I also won my fantasy football uh, championship this year, which is funny because those are the only two years I won in the 2010s. Good little that's, bookends. That's great. Yeah, and it's what's funding my Oculus Quest. So there you go. <laughs> Fantastic. That's why I play. Uh, but Mass Effect 2, um, this is the game that went from being um, just a fun sci-fi adventure to being a sci-fi saga. It built Mm -hmm. a world. It is one of my favorite, uh, what you would say, I guess, it would be one of my favorite science fiction stories of all time. The characters, the world they built, and the the fact that they changed up the combat from the first one to the second one made it exciting. You're building the team. You're meeting all these cool characters. And I I think this is pinnacle Bioware, and it just it, yeah. it saddens me that they have never gotten back to this level. But it is something where um, I was so excited for you know building that final team, who would survive, who wouldn't, and your choices carrying over, not so successfully into number three, but still <laughs> the impact of of your team that survived that final mission. Oh, it, it, it's in the romances. I've never cared about romance in video games before, but this yeah. one I did. I sought out relationships, and it mm-hmm. was just so much. It's, 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 I always tell people, video games are underestimated in their, their ability to tell stories and bring emotion, and this is one of the ghost games that I felt really did because it gave you so many hours with characters that you just don't get any other, uh, uh, I guess, media. And, and they pulled that off, being able to tell small, intimate stories but also in a universe that felt fully realized, fully thought out, lived in, and you were you were affecting things on a very small scale in some cases, and also a very big scale. And they they weaved that perfectly. I, I thought through through the entire experience. So fantastic choice. My number two, uh, very very different game, but uh, well, I'm going to go with uh, with Fortnite. 2017 uh, again you're you're going very early in the generation i'm going very late but uh 
I'll talk a little bit more about Fortnite's impact later, but I think from uh, what what they're starting off and what they're setting up, uh, I, I've I've made friends through Fortnite. I've put a ton of hours into this game. I think the the mechanics are, are incredibly solid, but what they're laying out right now is uh, to me very ready player one esque they are not just building a game they're building a platform they're they're building so much something so much bigger than uh, than what we're seeing now but what we have now and what we've had for the last couple of years is incredibly fun incredibly solid always changing they're always topping what they've done before uh whether through live events concerts uh special events deleting the entire game restarting it it's uh, uh it's fantastic and something we've we've really not seen before. Uh, they've pushed cross-platform. They've pushed cross-platform voice chat. They've, uh, I mean, they've they've changed the industry. Esports, uh, they, they've everything has been has been changed. And they didn't even start it off as the game as a battle royal either. No, we thought that game was dead. No. It's upon such arrival. a pivot. Yes. Yeah, such a pivot from uh, from Save the World, which I've played a bit, but it's it's definitely not something I would have stuck to for whatever four or five hundred hours or however many hours I've put into this damn game over the last few years. Like it's uh, it's an incredible success story uh, aside from gameplay. Like I just want to read about the the successes and the ups and downs of this game's development. It's uh, it's such an interesting story. So. I, uh, for, Fortnite for me is personal because I, I love it and I put a lot of time into, but also it's just really damn interesting. And all to sell the Unreal Engine. Right. That's all yeah. it was. It was just it's, a tool to show this is what our engine can do. And look at that. Look how much money it's made just yeah. off of that game. And yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that kind of showcasing the Unreal Engine, uh, when they put things like Borderlands into the game and you, you went in to this section and the art style changed and the, the like everything changed there. It was, I mean, it, they, they, they do some incredible stuff. It's uh, it's amazing. So Mark, we're at number one for our personal number choices. Uh, mine is God of war. This is 2018. So ending yes. at the end of the 2010s, uh, I've, I've, I've spoken about this game before, but uh, being a father uh, in a game that really highlights relationships in a series that was all about rage and dismemberment and sex mini games. Yeah. Yeah. Look how they changed. I mean, they delivered something that made people think of how you could create a compelling action adventure game, but incorporate really solid storytelling at the same time, telling stories as you're walking through, you're in a boat and you've got stories being told to you and conversations that build upon it. Um, and just, and just making new gameplay that I felt like, wow, that was like when you first throw that ax and it comes back to your hand and it's like, that feels so solid. And that's how Thor felt. Mm. I don't even know what else to say about this game, but um, it, it's amazing what Sony leaned in on this generation and what they were able to achieve uh, by leaning into old IP and making them fresh and really being daring. Um, and, and I'd like to see that with more, uh, basically, uh, IP holders. Especially with the start of this generation saying single player's dead. And even yes. through this generation, yep. single player's dead, single player's dead, single player's dead. And Sony has continuously shown that 
not only is single player alive, but single player is thriving with stories that are impactful and amazing. And, uh, and they've shown that time and time again, this generation. And it's like, how, how are other companies not catching on to this sooner? It's, it's insane. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a walking simulator to tell a good story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my number one, uh, again, definitely flipped a franchise on its head and, and changed up a lot of the formula. Maybe not as deep of a story, but uh, Breath of the Wild 2017, I thought uh, really changed things up, really showcased uh, what an open world or open air game could do, as Nintendo called it, open air. Uh, but really, I mean, took every aspect of Assassin's Creed games and all these other open world adventure games and just said, no, we can do that different and we can fit that in the Zelda universe, but we can also make it our own. So uh, that's my number one. Yeah. I think that was the first time we saw Nintendo, even though they didn't really admit they were watching what the, what what the industry was doing. They realized other people are bringing things forward and we can take that and make it our own. And I love that because um, the industry gets better together. Um, we build off of each other. Um, and I hope they will use that going forward because it makes new experiences versus this is the 85th time we've seen Zelda go to that dungeon, get this power up, this boomerang. And the fact that they were brought in weapons being destroyed, that's like heresy. It's yep. heresy, Mark. How dare they yep. do that? And they made Zelda talk. Oh, my God. It's over, Mark. Yeah. The series is over. Burn it. Just wild. <laughs> wild. Absolutely wild. It's all um, like the breath of the wild. Now we're into the top 10 critical, but we're only bringing each of our top five, and then we'll build mm-hmm. a list out of that. And this isn't any particular order. This is just the games we felt that really brought something fresh, new, and potentially changed the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's important to uh, to look at this. And we, we talked about this one and said, uh, you know, does this necessarily have to be games that we loved or we finished? Uh, I played every game on my list, maybe not finished every one. And they might not be my personal favorites for sure. There, there are many on this that aren't on my personal. But uh, I think when you look at games, yeah, like you said, that impacted this decade and will continue to change things for the decade going forward – what are those games? What do we think those games are? So let's let's get some 10 games. What What's your first one? Uh, I'm going to say Breath of the Wild. It was definitely not okay. my top 10, not even my top 20. Um, I appreciate what they did, and I know that people love it, um, but it just didn't stick with me like others. But the fact is, it's more important for what it did to Nintendo and their approach to yeah. game game development and what they could bring forward and really reinvigorate their game. So I'm excited to see the impact it has on their future franchises. But this game definitely said we're going to rethink differently about the uh, classic franchises and the things they can build in regards to their, and it's, it's their attention to detail in regards to physics, uh, the, the building elements and the, and the, the traversal, which uh, Mm. yeah, Assassin's Creed first, you know, climb anywhere, but Zelda mm-hmm. made it really climb anywhere. You didn't have mm-hmm. those uh, classic fall off the building like you had Assassin's Creed. So Breath of the Wild, I felt like it was just, and also for Nintendo trying new things and not being afraid to uh, fail. Yeah, and it, it was different from games like Skyrim or something where you could kind of glitch up the side of a mountain. 
and find something and it was, you know, whatever and, and glitch your way through this dungeon or through this puzzle. Zelda embraced that with the physics and with, um, you know, here's, here's the way we think you should do this puzzle, but also you can just line up a bunch of metal swords together and kind of short circuit this thing as long as the physics makes sense. And, you know, if, if you can figure out your way up top that mountain, go for it, go nuts. Like it was, you know, it was, uh, it was, yeah, an incredible change. I have that on my list as well. So, um, my next one, the, the the one I will add, uh, just talked a whole bunch about it and why it deserves to be on there, but I think I'm going to add Fortnite uh, to the list uh, for the, the reasons I already mentioned. So let's uh, let's move on to your next entry. And I'm going to do a complimentary pick, and I didn't have Fortnite even though I know Fortnite is important. I had PUBG because okay. without PUBG, I don't think Fortnite would have pivoted and made a battle royale battle royale mode. PUBG really pioneered the spaces. It was a essentially a mod of another game, and they made uh, essentially battle royale. And this is one of the top selling games of all time, and people think it's dead, which is just crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it wasn't appealing. It did not have the broad range. It was on PC primarily, then went to Xbox. So it was kind of been held back. They didn't have a free to play mode or anything like that. This is a paid game. So, um, but the fact is, this was the game that people are like, oh, this game's going to change everything. And, it, and essentially it did, but not through their iteration of it. But I think it laid the groundwork. For battle royales, we know it today, and Fortnite has taken and run, and but we've got Apex Legends that 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 also paired off of that. So that's why mm-hmm. I said PUBG rather than Fortnite, even though Fortnite is the most successful variation of that genre. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I yeah, and I, I tend to give Fortnite <coughs> a little bit more credit just because of again the the world building stuff that they do yes. and the. Uh, the, the stuff that they push, but absolutely agree with you that PUBG, uh, I don't think without PUBG, I don't think Fortnite would have done that pivot to be where they are now. So uh, it's it's almost one of those kind of chicken and egg and who, you know, made what happen kind of thing. But uh, I, I think you're you're right on with that. Uh, for my next one, I'm going to add Minecraft. Oh, I have that because, as well. Okay, yeah. Uh, I think, you know, it's it's on every platform. It is... It's such a a popular mainstay franchise game now um started so small purchased by microsoft uh f- global phenomenon it's uh, what more can you say about minecraft than uh you know it's it's uh since it was released it's it's become just a staple of gaming it's uh, it's incredible and i think we noticed that that was alpha in what year was that? Twenty thirteen? Yeah, something like that. When you pointed that out to me, it was like, oh yeah, okay. I I need to maybe not my personal games, but that needs to be on impact games of the decade for sure. Yeah, small little company, Mojang. I mean, look at mm-hmm. they were bought by Microsoft. I mean, this is the most successful indie game of all time, yeah. bar none. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I had Dark Souls, Mark. The reason why I had Dark Souls. Maybe, That's my number six. Uh, it's a game series I could care less about, but the fact that it created a new genre, Souls-like, you don't get that yep. every generation. And it was a game series that didn't want to... It, it was not out to please anyone. It was making a game for people that like hard things and wasn't apologizing for it. Hey, you want an accessible villainy mode? There's a game for you. It's called Kirby. <laughs> I have it on my list for the exact same reasons 
I'm so glad you added on yours too. It's uh, it's not every day that we get a whole new type of game, and you you nailed it right there. There's a Souls like kind of game. It's uh, that's it. Uh, so next up, I'm going to add a game that again just barely uh, didn't make my 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 personal list. Skyrim. Mm. Um, and it, it's probably on your list as well. Uh, it has been ported to everything to up to, you know, Amazon Alexa. Uh, oh, that's we were, right. My, my brother was playing that uh, over the holidays. We were, we were playing and we decided, there you go. So Alexa play Skyrim. Sorry if I just set off anyone's uh, devices there. But uh, for the game to have that much scale and, and again, going back to Breath of the Wild on this list, I don't think, you know, those kind of big games, Assassin's Creed, Breath of the Wild, all these kind of games kind of owe a lot to Skyrim's formula setting the pace. Absolutely. And just think, 2011 was the last time when Skyrim was officially released. We mm-hmm. will not get a new Elder Scrolls game until at least 2024. Who else passes up the opportunity to make a sequel to one of the most successful games of all time? Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Crazy. It's wild. Um, I'm going with Pokemon Go as my next one. It's not okay, a game that was I number played. Eight. Yeah. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I, it was uh, a game. I moved it yeah. down my list, but uh, yeah, no, can continue. I mean, this is a game where people thought it was going to be a flash in the pan. Uh, people were falling off cliffs <laughs> trying to catch Pokemon, <laughs> uh, pushed off land, um, had horrible like fan events, and it still exists today it's flourishing it's probably the one of the most successful mobile games of all time and it's coming from a creator in regards to niantic uh which was a partner of google with with a pokemon company which is nintendo it's just a weird bedfellow of weirdness and it's still thriving yeah yeah i don't know you never would have thought this game would happen these companies would get along and all this kind of stuff but it just it was a perfect storm of uh, of nostalgia and new technology and just uh, yeah and it's it's funny that like this game has done so much and you would have thought uh, you know Harry Potter or some other franchise would come along they've tried it with Harry Potter they've tried it with Ghostbusters you would think that they'd be able to catch that lightning in a bottle more than once but from what I have seen from the people I talk to and know from my own personal experiences, Pokemon Go is the one that's here to stay, and the others are kind of a flash in the pan. It's it's an incredible phenomenon. Oh, yeah. Glad you have it on your list. Yeah. Uh, all right. What? How many do we have right now? We have uh, Breath of the Wild, Fortnite, PUBG, Minecraft, Dark Souls, Skyrim, Pokemon Go. I'm going to add – what am I going to add here? Oh, mercy. Uh, Shovel Knight. I'm going to add Shovel Knight for the reasons that I mentioned before. Kickstarter – retro inspired uh, again one of these fan service games that has continued on for when did we say that was released 2013 14 mm-hmm. and just finished up delivering what it promised fans in 2019 2020 it's incredible it's uh yeah i i, I don't specifically have a game for this mark and maybe you do but i have a i have a genre that i felt like came alive and there are many games that played this way and and i think of like uh, uh, um, Dead Cells, which is roguelikes. Oh, roguelikes, okay. Roguelikes 
<laughs> impacted this genre so much. How many roguelike? Everything became it's a roguelike. It's it's a roguelike. It's it's eight bit roguelike. It's this roguelike, and it's like. I, I think of like Rogue Legacy, Dead Cells. Uh, I, I was just gonna say probably Rogue Legacy uh, started off this whole. That's that's the first one that I played. The the really yeah, popular one that everyone said, let's you know you need to play this. Um, so I'm I'm gonna suggest uh, Rogue Legacy. See if you agree with that. I I totally agree with that because that's the game that got me to say there's ways to make this so it's enjoyable to die and come back when you come back in that game the fact that your ancestors have weird abilities like i'm colorblind <laughs> or i see yeah. upside down or i do this and my son was just playing it just a few days ago and loving it so mm-hmm. and it's a game where you don't feel like you have to beat it it's just a game you experience and you're fine with that yep i uh i like it I that really would be like my it. that would be my five okay uh, I have one more to add to this list. I want to make sure I get something. Uh, what's what's on my list? We've we've kind of taken bits and pieces from my list right now, uh, but the next one I suppose would be on my list. Oh, this is a tough decision because the, these ones in in this order, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna see what you think about this because I have right next to one another, and I was deciding on the ordering of them: GTA Five and Rocket League. Very different Ooh. games. Ooh. Rocket League for esports, uh, indie darling. Again, showing off um, what an engine can do. Uh, Cross-platform early adopter, and then GTA Five for such a massive ongoing uh, continuation of the franchise. Adding online, continuing to support it. Uh, you know, millions in uh, copy seller continuously. Uh, two very different games. What do you think? Rocket League. The reason Rocket League really matters is because this was a game that until it went to PS Plus and you got it for free, people Mm. weren't talking about it. Once it went to PS Plus, it erupted. People were just glomming on, and then it just exploded, and it had to be everywhere. And they pushed console makers to say, hey – you don't want everybody to play together? We do. We're going to flip a switch. <laughs> We're gonna and the Emperor wasn't Yeah, Emperor wasn't wearing any clothes. They basically said, oh, we're going to keep this game because we have skins that you can play. And it's fun. And who would ever thought that cars playing soccer could be interesting? This is a little, little indie studio that one of the founders of the studio was, was a PlayStation Beyond podcaster back in the day. Yep. I mean... Uh, that's where I would say versus GTA, it has had a success with online right. and things like that. Versus this game was like it became a thing this generation and really said we can be a presence. And um, yeah, I think that game did a lot. So that's a good pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, like I said, I when, when I was making this list, those two were right there next to one another, and and I I tossed back and forth, and I think honestly it was the the game pass announcement that I was like, oh, okay, yeah, GTA five is still, uh, still quite mm-hmm. prevalent. And I put that a little bit above rocket league on my, my, my list here. But, uh, no, I think, I think you made the right call there with, uh, with rocket league being, and, ge- and guess who just started playing rocket league again, Bobby Pauls. But, oh, really? Oh, <laughs> just awesome. out of the blue. I saw him post that today. I'm like, so I'm thinking like, yeah, that's that's something that gets people in the gate. Uh, it is yeah. amazing that people are just still discovering that game. And it's like it's simplicity I, with a lot yeah. of difficulty. 
I love going back to that game every once in a while and I'll just jump in, I'll play a few matches, I'll spend an hour or two playing some matches and then I'll put it down and I won't think about it again for another couple of months. But it's always there and it doesn't take long to remember how to ride that bicycle. You know, it's it's easy to figure out but difficult to master. And I love watching those videos of I made this amazing save or look what I just did or I can't believe I just did this in Rocket League. And those videos will make me go back and play it. And it'll take me one or two matches to be like, okay, yeah, okay, I do this to do this. And then I'll be pulling off those crazy flipping spin moves or epic saves or whatever. And you feel so good about it. Um, It's an amazing game if somehow you've missed it. There's so many great license vehicles too, uh, from Batmobiles to uh, I think Ecto One's in there. The, Back uh, to the Jurassic future. Park, Back to the Future. Yeah. Um, so many fantastic vehicles. Uh, Hot Wheels. Uh, it's it's a great game. And zero dead hookers. Yes, and a game that's shown how to do DLC right. Uh, cheap barrier to entry. I, th- I found they have such a perfect balance because it's either you pay full price to the game. And your DLCs low priced or overpriced in some cases, um, or it's a game like Fortnite where the game's free, but the DLC, in my opinion, is overpriced. Oh yeah, 15, skins ten yeah. fifteen dollars for a skin. It's crazy. Uh, and that's speaking as someone who's spent too much money on skins, <laughs> uh, admittedly. <coughs> but uh, Rocket League, it's it's reasonable. You know, uh, if you didn't get the game for free, it's what a twenty dollar barrier of entry if you yeah. don't get it on sale or something like that. But it is on Game Pass and everything now. Um, but the uh, the DLC is very reasonably priced. I, I think it's uh, definitely deserving uh, a spot on this list. So, recap the list. Absolutely, We've got Mark. Rocket League, Rogue Legacy, Shovel Knight, Pokemon Go, Skyrim, Dark Souls, Minecraft, PUBG, Fortnite, and Breath of the Wild as our personal list of what we think are some of the critical games of the last 10 years. And people are yelling at us and screaming at us and that's okay. And absolutely. And if you want to, if they want to be heard, Mark, they can do that uh, by reaching out to us and you know how they can do that. Well, we have a thing called the hotline, uh, 872-225-2496. Leave a voicemail three minutes or less. Give us your opinion, your review, your hot take. Uh, you can also post something in the Facebook group uh, or the Facebook page. You can always tweet at Mark at the underscore Canardian T Oxtra and also at Secret Friends U. Mark, it's been a pleasure as always. This is going to be an interesting year. Bring the baby with you when you podcast. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be a fun year. I can't wait to uh, to play the games that are coming out this year. To see the new announcements. To uh, to experience new console generations and uh and see the technology change with things like xcloud and stadia and uh and also you know have a have a baby so that's going to be fun um but yeah we'll uh we'll be along for the ride for the whole time so uh but let us know yes like todd said uh i really want to hear what people's top tens are and what they think you know personal versus critical i love uh, i love that we did that because i think i think it's important to think of things critically and and the impact that they've had in the last 10 years uh versus you know oh i really liked this game you know and and it's it's really cool you know i don't think the end of this year uh lego star wars skywalker saga is going to be my top critical game of the year but 
you know, it was my second most anticipated game. So I think looking at things like that is, is really interesting. So, um, yeah, definitely let us know in the group, Twitter, wherever. Excellent. Well, this is going to be a fantastic year. 2020, uh, we are going to do new things in the podcast. We're going to have guests. I think it's going to be a regular part of this podcast, interviews and things like that. And I, I'm, what I'm hoping also as well is we'll be able to give do some giveaways. I've got some uh, codes I'd like to give away as well for uh, contributors uh, that add to the podcast as always. So with that, thank you for joining us on this journey of the past and the future of gaming. And as always... It's always better to game together. When a humble bar graced a ride along with Geralt of Rivia, along came this song. When the white wolf boy, a silver toned devil, his army of elves, and his hooves did they revel. Masterful deceit Broke down my loot And they kicked in my teeth While the devil's horns Minced our tender meat And so cried the witcher He can't be bleed Toss the coin to your witcher